Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America, 865-255-03 is our telephone number. We're live here from the Low T Center Studio, 865-255-03 is the Irish Network's hotline this morning. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, if you're listening on the app, good, good morning. If you are viewing the program via Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook Live. Good, good morning, and glad that you can be with us this morning. Hour number one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. It is a great day to have a great day. Ben, what is up, my friend? The sky, or in this case, the the ceiling. The roof is a ceiling. The yes. ceiling is the roof. That That is... Correct. Forgot, Good morning. I forgot what, how Jordan said it. Uh, I, I I forget as well, but I think it's a good thing that we forgot how Michael Jordan said that uh, because it wasn't his uh, smartest moment. It wasn't, it wasn't his best best uh, speech. Well, it wasn't his brightest moment, that is for sure. I hope you are doing well. I hope the listeners are doing well. Two days away from Tennessee football. It's time for another opportunity in Neyland Stadium. And, um, Nine days away from Tennessee draining the swamp. I mean, how, how can you not be excited this morning? Speaking of the swamp, I have a question. I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot right off the bat. Okay. This weekend, Florida plays Alabama. Yep. Who would you rather see win? I thought about this on, the, on uh, this morning while I was whipping up breakfast for the kiddos and packing lunches. I was thinking about this. I don't have to. I don't have to root for a team. I don't. It shouldn't really matter because regardless of what happens for the Gators, they're going to have to flush the game anyways. On Saturday night, Sunday morning, and get ready for us. Now, what you hope happens is Alabama exposes Florida, exposes some weaknesses that Tennessee can take advantage of, and that Alabama rust them up a little bit. Rust them up. That's what you hope. But really, when you get down to it, Will it matter that much who wins the football game in terms of the effect that it has in our game? I, I, I think when you really, really, really think about it, it's, it's not going to matter all that much. I mean, I guess if Florida wins, they'll be feeling high and stuff like that and feeling good about themselves, but they'll still, they'll still have to turn around and flush it. If they lose badly, they'll still have to turn around and flush it. So I just want them to get beat up physically and get exposed. Yeah, that that should be what Tennessee fans are are hoping for, is that they just get beat all the way up and and demoralized. And although, would you rather have them demoralized or or not? Because if if Alabama does demoralize Florida, does does that not wake them up in a way? And and maybe they have a more of a, a sense of of urgency going into Tennessee week. 
I don't know that I want Alabama to, to serve as, as a wake-up call. Not that I think Florida has any chance of winning. I, I don't understand the love of Florida that these SEC media members and national media members have. They've, they've beaten FAU, and they've beaten a USF team, which, by the way, I think they allowed USF to score 20 points the week after NC State beat USF 45 to nothing. Amory Jones is not good. He's not. Anthony Richardson, I, th- I think, has the, the skill set to be really good in the future, but he, he hasn't played a ton of football. So you know there's going to be some mistakes in there from AR-15, which is a, is a really dope name, nickname. Um, it is. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I don't think I, Florida I don't. has a reason to, be, to, to feel like high and mighty and good about themselves at this point. I'm pretty sure Dan Mulling and the, and the staff is, is on them about a style of play that they have to, to get to because they knew Alabama was around the corner. And just because you win a game, coaches are going to harp on, how did you win that game? Yes, it's good to win, but, all right, we got, we got Alabama you know, around the corner. We got our SEC schedule around the corner. So how we play is important, too. So it'd be hard for me to believe that Florida players are feeling all high and mighty about themselves because they got a lot of questions, man, a lot of, a lot of things they have to clean up um, before the number one team in the country is in town this weekend. So, me personally, I don't really care if they win or lose. I just hope that Alabama is able to physically beat them up to where guys are not able to you know, practice at full strength at the beginning of their week next week. Uh, I want Alabama to expose them and give Heupel and Golish and, and, and Housley, uh, Halsley some, some ideas um, will Florida handle motion a certain type of way? Will Alabama expose them um, by going up-tempo? Uh, how do they handle certain formations, stacks, formations out of receiver sets or, or um, whatever? There's so many things that you can look at and, and, and gain from watching the, watching the film of the previous game. Um, that's what I want. Like, I want Alabama to give us some, you know, some ideas of how to beat Beat them, whether it's on offense, defense, special teams. Um, I know that we exposed Pittsburgh's punt team by getting to the punter, blocking it. Now every team that Pittsburgh's going to play would be like, hey, we can block a punt. Look what Tennessee did. So that's yeah. what I want to happen. If Pat Narduzzi is as good of a coach as I, I think that he is, then that was the first thing they worked on in practice this week. Oh, for is, sure. It's correcting uh, that, that mistake. For sure. Because – uh, a coach, even as great as Mike Eckler is at, at special teams, a, a coach should never be able to identify something that glaring and take advantage of it that easily. Well, I mean, all it takes is one guy going to sleep and not doing his job. And honestly, we we got close to getting our pump blocked um, yeah. a couple times. So, you know. But how, if you're Pittsburgh, can you – can surely Pittsburgh kind of realized – Surely they they maybe saw a, a weakness in in their punt team as as well. If if Mike Eckler can pick up on it, then then surely Pat Narduzzi and his crew were concerned about something that they were doing. Yeah, I mean or maybe their guys falling asleep, like you mentioned. No, I mean you're right. I think Pittsburgh will work on that probably more than anything. 
to sure that up. But you better believe that Pittsburgh's next opponent is going to come after punts. And Pittsburgh has to prove that that is a that's just a leak. That's just a small little leak that we fixed without calling Hiller. <laughs> we fixed the leak our, ourselves. We don't need to call Hiller. We we good. Boom. Or it's a glaring issue. It's a problem. And they'll just get multiple punts blocked this year. If you if you are Pittsburgh opponent this week, you sure are gonna try to find out. So that's what I'm talking about with you know with the Florida Alabama game. Just put something on expose film. Expose them. Expose yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, expose it, man. Put something on on film, Dan Mullen, that that Josh Heupel can can take advantage of, that that Tim Banks can can take advantage of, Mike Eckler. Because you know, if Tennessee were to win in the swamp, Florida ain't gonna win against Alabama. You know no, you know no, 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 no. I, mean, I just went on a diatribe about how I, I don't think that they're good. I, I think they're overrated. Yeah, it's about to be a spank. Through, through the first two weeks of the season, I think Kentucky's looked better than Florida. I mean, I, I just I, I don't think Florida has has looked all all that good as as at all. And, and now they're dealing with a with an injury in the middle of their defense that we'll touch on during around the SEC. They're they're just they're they're not the Florida team that you're you're used to, and they have a new starting quarterback. So that's that's not necessarily Dan Mullen's strong suit to have weaknesses in other areas on top of dealing with a new starting quarterback after one of the school's all-time greats statistically uh, graduated and and moved on. But put something yep. put something on film, Florida. In, in which Tennessee's coaching staff can take advantage of, which makes me think, Swain, we haven't really touched on on this point this week because early early in the week, obviously, it's all about you know the the mistakes that Tennessee created and why Tennessee lost the game. But mm-hmm. I thought one bright spot in, in the Pittsburgh game is is that Josh Heupel was dialing up some play calls. Now, I, I don't think Josh Heupel had a, a perfect game by any stretch of, of no the imagination. No does. Correct. No, nobody does. So I, I hope nobody hears that and, and thinks that I'm saying that Heupel was just perfect against Pittsburgh. He, he wasn't. Nobody is. But I thought he was out coaching that Pitt, Pittsburgh defense. I, I don't know if it's Narduzzi that calls the plays for Pitt's defense or if it's their defensive coordinator, but there, there were guys open all the time. You, in you, that game for Tennessee, yeah, I mean, you can see you can see that um, play calling is not a it's not an issue. I mean, they did a good job of getting guys open and creating creating matchup uh, advantages in their favor, and the players just didn't, just didn't execute. So that has not been a question. First two games, it's been about you know player execution. That's that's the question now. As a coach, you have to instill some confidence. You got to build some confidence. That's your job, and that's why you hear the comments from the coaches, either teleconference or you know just normal availability here um, with the local media. Coaches ain't gonna be talking about nothing. You can ask them whatever you want to ask them. They're not gonna say anything. Because their focus is maintaining the confidence, building the confidence, making sure our guys are are playing with a certain edge, with a certain confidence that they can they, that they can go out there and make plays. They were beat down previously, and so 
the worst thing you want to see or the thing you don't want to see is guys not make plays and listen. Listen to the outside noise. Not saying that the outside noise or the people who are watching the game, the fans don't have a reason to say what they're saying, being critical. But there's some that go across the line. There's some that's super disrespectful. And if you are a player, you can't look at that stuff. Because doubt starts to seep in. You may start believing some of the things that you're reading. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I don't need to play. Maybe I haven't changed. Like, you see it enough, you, you start questioning it. So you can't see it. And the reality is, the players do see it. So now it's your job as a coach is to balance that negativity or that doubt with some belief. Hey, man, you can do it. You can do it. Just keep working. Just keep working. Keep working. You can do it. So that's why you're getting boring stuff from Hypel. Listen, Hypel is boring. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he is boring to listen to when it comes to purposefully. Yeah, 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 for sure. And it doesn't he, like he's it doesn't boring when he's not in front of a microphone. Yeah, yeah, like he's he's boring in front of a microphone, and like that's okay because his job is coach football, and his job is for his players to. Think otherwise. Like, Nick Saban may be boring behind a mic, but according to his one of his players, hey, man, he cracked jokes like we crack jokes. He cracks jokes like a teenager cracked jokes. He cracks it's, jokes it's not more. like the frat house boys crack jokes. That's all that matters, man. How do the players feel about their coach behind closed doors? Because that's where they see their coach at the most. So, you know, it's about – it's about um, Still in confidence in guys who are struggling. But here's my question. Here's my question for everyone to chew on as we come back from break. We are playing Tennessee Tech on Saturday, but whatever. <laughs> but here's my question. What players would you identify on this football team that have benefited the most through the first two games from the new coaching staff. Because there's several, several guys that Ben and I uh, mentioned before the start of the show. But want to hear from you. 865-255-03. Use the text box. Hit us up on Twitter. However you want to communicate, please, please do that. Um, and who knows? We might make a poll out of the selections and see who gets the who gets the dub for sure? Who is the who is the one player that has benefited the most from the new staff? We may who may knock out a poll today. A six five two hundred fifty five zero three. Number one, our number one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Be right back. If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network's hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. 
The GM, Steven Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the Big Orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill. Or call 865-693-5400. Good morning, Swain Event Crew. As the weather heats up, so does our market. And from Johnson City to Knoxville, eager buyers are grabbing up many available properties. The chili is hot in East Tennessee, so if you are ready to buy or sell or want to talk more about our local real estate market, I'm just a phone call away. Or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. And go Vols! We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knoxville for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. For a replay of each day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Hiller is offering credits for old home systems. You can trade in your old HVAC system and earn up to $1,500 towards your new system. Also, uh, you can upgrade from a standard water heater to a tankless water heater and earn up to $500 with trade. 
And last but not least, you can trade your old electrical panel and receive $500 in credit for um, your old one towards your new one. So HVAC system, standard water heater to a tankless, and then old electrical panel to a new electrical panel. Hiller is offering credits on those three. HappyHiller.com, happy you will be, or the service is free. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, live here from the Low T Center Studio. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Um, the question before we went to break, the question that we want to throw out there to start this segment before we hit up on some, some comments from Hypo in the SEC teleconference yesterday and also vowel calls. Got some um, comments from Alex Golish that we will go over. But man, who, has, who has benefited the most? From the new staff, what player has benefited the most or players has benefited the most from new staff? And, um, Ben, I know you got some guys just off the top of your head without even thinking, just easy, easy layups. Yeah, the, the first two that came to mind was Jacob Warren and Princeton Fant, Tennessee's two starting tight ends. And, yes, Tennessee has two because they are interchangeable for the most part. Uh, Jacob probably a, a – a better pass catcher. Uh, Princeton probably better utilized in, in more blocking run, ga- run game situations, uh, but but both just reap the benefits of, of the new coaching staff. Both set career highs in catches and, and receiving yards and have looked really good, and uh, they've emerged as leaders on this team. So those were the first two that, that came to mind. And as I was thinking – even more, uh, I think Matthew Butler fits on that list. Just being able to be coached by Rodney Garner, I, I think you've seen Butler take a step forward this year and through two games. I, I think he's had a really nice start to his season. Uh, pro Football Focus obviously think he's the third highest graded, whatever they call it, defensive lineman in the country. So. Somebody recognizes what he is doing, but if you just turn on the games and watch him, he passes the eye test as as well. I've, I've talked about it after the Bowling Green game, just the way that he does things that don't show up on the stat sheet, um, pushing the pocket, taking up blocks, um, causing disturbances in the run game, trying to, to help contain the quarterback, keep him in the pocket, getting his hands up. Uh, if he can't get home, getting his hands up to try and bat down a pass. So I, I think Matthew Butler fits in, in that category as well because he's always been a guy that, that's kind of been talked about since he signed with Tennessee. But injuries kind of got in the way. Not having a defensive line coach got in the way. And, and now he's got the best defensive line coach in the country, and, and, and it looks like it's, it's really paying off. So those three are the, the first ones that came to mind outside of, of Theo Jackson. I, I didn't mention Theo Jackson because before the show you said outside of Theo Jackson, who do you think has, has really benefited? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, Theo's from, easy, right? Yeah, the, Theo's, in my opinion, the best player on, on the team right now. Uh, at least through the first two games, he has been the, the, the best player on the field and has made a lot of money. I, I think he started his season like Nigel Warrior did – during Nigel's senior season and hopefully Theo can keep it up for the entire season like Nigel did and if if he does and he's he's going to make himself some money 
this this fall? It's really hard, not to mention the entire <laughs> defensive line. Yeah, it's, you know, as we were looking at comments on text box, um, you know, Matthew Butler, um, you know, Tyler Barron. How about Elijah Simmons, who went from being buried, I mean buried, buried last year at a position that was one of the weaknesses of the team, didn't have the pass rush, to starting. So, yeah, he has benefited as well. And so it's hard really not to mention any, any you know, hard not to mention the guys that play on the defensive line, but I think Princeton Fanton and Jacob Warren are two great ones. Um, as far as play, is the play different? I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know, but I do see a difference in personality. I do see a difference in accountability. I do see a difference in confidence, and that's Alante Taylor. I mean, there was, there was, there was a curl route ran by Pittsburgh's receiver, and the receiver caught the ball and wasn't even touched to like 10, 15 yards after he caught it. And Lante had, you know, coverage on it. And I was just looking like, that wasn't good. That wasn't good at all. But question is, who has benefited? And Alante has emerged as the one of the undoubted leaders. Uh, he is confident, regardless of what happened, you know, in, on that play or what happened, you know, in these two games or what happens, you know, this week or next week, like I can I can see the benefits um, of the new staff in in Alante, um, Tyler Barron, obviously. But how about Cedric Tillman? How about Cedric Tillman? If it is to, if it is to be, it's up to me, and that's what Cedric Tillman has done. That's the mentality that he has taken. Like he's being like super accountable. All right, whatever. It's, you know, I, I learned from. Callaway and Palmer and Jennings and I mean I gotta I gotta I gotta be the example. And all he's done is outwork every receiver in that room all summer long and and it and it shows. It shows. The work that you put in or the work you didn't put in, it's showing. They're the receiver group. And so Cedric Tillman is one of the guys that I see that is definitely benefiting from from the new staff. And so we see guys that probably wasn't used before or didn't play a lot. And listen, maybe maybe it was their fault. I don't know whose fault it was. If it was coaches not recognizing their player. We always think about like Alvin Kamara. Oh, if a player's not playing, it got to be the coach's fault. Where's where's D Beckles? Where's Harrison? It's the it's the coach's fault. No man, sometimes it's the players. Most most of the time, it's the players. They're not doing something that they need to be doing to earn the trust of the coaches to get in there. And so, the players that we have mentioned, maybe they were not doing what they need to do before, but also maybe they were, and they just wasn't used properly because of because of the scheme. And we can say that about Princeton Fant and Jacob Warren. Um, but obviously we, we see improvement in players and as a team, we see, we see it as well. All right, Ben, 
Let's um, change gears. First, let me get to the text box. Let me read what's on the what's, what's on the text box because we want to make sure that um, what's up, evil. Says I like K with his versatility. Um, ah, Gus Shoresvall said it, man. I was thinking about the, think, thinking about this player during the break. Just didn't write it down. Didn't mention him, but good save there, uh, Gus Shoresvall. Jeremy Banks is benefiting off the field from this staff. Seems like he's been given opportunities to lead that he never had before. Yeah, I mean, I think Jeremy Banks benefited from the previous staff as well. Uh, they really helped him turn, you know his life around um and this staff is 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 benefiting as a result of that Jerm Banks is a different player on off the football field but I'm giving the you know I'm giving the previous staff a, a lot of credit in that too so but yeah Jerm Banks is someone um that we see a difference in in a good way uh with the staff I'm not saying that you know, he just totally bad with the previous. I mean, he had that one incident, and um, the staff did a really good job of, of not throwing him away. They checked on him. Um, they they made sure that he improved as a as a man. Probably the, the biggest accomplishment that this staff um, had uh, during their time here at Tennessee was was making sure that Banks didn't throw his throw his life away, throw his career away. Um, that's that's a huge win right there for that staff. Um, John K. from South Carolina says, I know Ben is probably going to say Paxton Brooks, so I'll go ahead and say it. Hashtag punter you. <laughs> it was on the tip of my tongue. I don't know, man. He had a, he had a, he had a great punt there on the, on, the, you know, on the first quarter, but had a, had a short one later on in the game. So it was, it was, it was, it was up and down, but, man, that. And he, was, he was a great punter before the the coaching staff showed up, so that's punter you right there, right? That's right. It don't matter who the coach is. Punter right. you is going to punter you. That that that's right. Now, <laughs> if you wanted to throw a specialist in there, you could throw in Chase McGrath, the the transfer from USC. He's looked good through two games. Hasn't missed a field goal. Knock on wood. Hasn't missed a field goal yet. I I hate that. I just said that because now he's definitely going to miss his next field goal. So you can blame me when he misses one against Tennessee Tech or against Florida. I apologize in advance. It's the announcer um, curse, man. Anytime announcers like this, this free throw shooter has been perfect from the free throw line. He hasn't missed a free throw in like seven years. Clank. Yep, that, that's that's what's going to happen to Chase McGrath. So I I apologize in advance. You can you can blame me. I will I will. Take the bullet on that one. I I apologize, but he's looked really good, and I don't I don't know how much of that is a, a coaching staff thing. He was just banged up at USC. He he was really good as a youngster at USC. It got hurt, lost his job, transferred. So just now now he's healthy and has an opportunity to get on the field, and uh, that that's all good kick all a good kicker needs. Yeah, he was uh, twelve for seventeen in his first year at USC, and. Um... His second year, he was six for eight. I'm assuming that's when he got hurt. Um, in 19, he was 14 for 17. He was one for one, 50 plus, three for five, 40, 40 to 49. And then 30 yards to 39 yards, he was six for seven. So 
In 19, man, he's pretty good. He was real good. He only missed three field goals. Um, what was and, he last year? I think last year may have been the year that he got hurt. Yeah, there's no stats showing for last yeah, year. I think he got hurt in the preseason okay. last year and had to sit out. He he spoke to the media last week. or Maybe it was – no, it was this week. Sorry, all my days and weeks run together during football season. But he uh, – he, he, he told a cool story of how Valus and Caleb Tremblay have, have been instrumental in helping him transition to Knoxville. Uh, Chase McGrath said he grew up uh, 45 minutes south of the Coliseum and had lived in Southern California all his life. 45 minutes south of USC all his life. And uh, he and Valus were roommates at USC and, and they were super close friends and he had a good relationship with Caleb Tremblay, and uh, they, they've really helped him transition to Tennessee. He's rooming with Caleb Tremblay right now. So that, I thought that was pretty cool. I, you don't expect uh, the, the starting kicker and possibly the best receiver on the team to be best of buds. You, I mean, I, you don't expect no them to, to be at each other's throat. That's not what I'm, I'm trying to get at. But you don't expect them to be roommates or, or like BFFs, but – Chase and uh, Valus are, are super close. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, man. So it, it can have nothing to do with coaching. Because, like, who's really coaching the kicker? Like, who's the kicking? Like, who actually coaches the kicker? Tennessee on the staff doesn't have a. Have like, when's the last time we coach. heard of a coach who's like, yeah, I helped the kicker? James Wilhoyt with the Titans over the summer. And the Tennessee. That has not gone well. When's the last time a Tennessee coach is like, yeah, I, I, I helped the coaches. I helped the kicker. And not because I, of Will Hoyt. I coached the kickers. I, I've never heard it. Have you? No, nah, man. I mean, not, not – I don't know who coached Will Hoyt when we was in school. But I, no clue. I would ask Hypo about it today, but I asked the special teams question last week, so I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay off for a bit. Yeah, minute. you need to chill on special teams questions. I've only asked one. That's enough. Exactly. (laughs) I I was no. I actually asked him this week because I I was genuinely curious. You you can be honest with me and tell me if it was a a stupid special teams question to ask. But Paxton Brooks kicked the opening kickoff. He was the guy on the opening kickoff, and then it was Toby Wilson the rest of of the of the game, and he wasn't trying to boom it through the end zone. It looked to me like like he was trying to to get it within that ten to fifteen yardage, like pin them in that in that corner to for the kick returner. It was to the right of the kick returner, uh, and, and he was trying to like pin it within like that five ten yard line range to to see if the returner would make a mistake or not, and and maybe bring it out when he wasn't supposed to. And then mm-hmm. instead of pit starting on the twenty five, and this actually happened a couple times, the the pit kick returner made a bad decision, and Tennessee special teams made a, a good play. Deshaun Rucker had a big tackle in yeah, special teams. He was and, right there in the eight-yard line. Yep, and so you're starting on the eight because you 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 kicked it kind of in that corner there rather than booming it through the end zone, and Pitt starts on the eight instead of the 25. So I asked Heupel what their thought process was on, on kickoffs. Are, I mean, do they prefer just to boom it through the end zone, or are they trying to – Oh uh, yeah, that's when hypo. That's there. when try, That's when he laughed at you. Yeah, well, he's yeah. like, yeah, well, yeah, we want to kick it out the end yeah, zone. Yeah, yeah, that one. That one. <laughs> yeah. I did. I did see I that. That was a good question. 
Yeah, I mean, because because of the rule, because of the 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 ability to fair catch the kickoffs and automatically get the ball at twenty five, it really doesn't matter like where the ball is kicked. Um, Honestly, unless it's like a middle dribble or a pooch punt or onside kick, but any kicks from you know, the 15-yard the line through the back of the end zone can warrant the same result. All the kick return has to do is just fair catch it. You get the ball at the 25-yard line, and the coverage team for Pittsburgh was was sucking it up, uh, which is why Tennessee was able to get down there and stop the return at that yard line. And I'm pretty sure Pitt was like, all right, this is just fair catch it now. Get the ball at 25. So the movie entitled Not Another Team Movie, there was a – a guy in that movie that always tried to like initiate the slow clap like, at the wrong at the wrong time. All throughout the movie, he was like, <laughs> and like nobody would follow along. And then, like one part at the end of the movie, there was a perfect time to slow clap. Someone else did it, and he he was upset. You, you kind of like that guy, Ben. No matter what's going on, you got a special teams question. <laughs> Well, you wait for the special teams question. I was more so curious as to why Paxton Brooks was on the opening kickoff, and then we didn't see him kick a ball off the rest of of the game. And and this is after a, a season in which last year, in which Paxton Brooks pretty much boomed it through the end zone every time. Uh, our guy uh, Brian Hunsucker says you can see on TV that Paxton Brooks was limping after a couple of punts. That's why Toby uh, Wilson handles kickoffs. So. Yeah, and that's what Heupel said. Heupel said Paxton didn't feel like he could continue to put Tennessee in a winning situation on kickoff, something along those lines. Yeah, I've asked back-to-back questions, or a question back-to-back weeks, in, in which I'm sure Heupel wasn't the biggest fan of, not because they were bad questions, but because he, he doesn't want to go in-depth to the media with their philosophy on, on how they do things because he doesn't want to tip anything to the other team. Amen. And I asked him about his his kind of thought process on, on, on kickoffs because that, that is a, a new interesting aspect of, of the game, and it, it can be game-changing whether y'all want to laugh at it or not, starting on possibly the, the three-yard line because the kick returner is indecisive on whether to call a, a fair catch or not. That's That's – uh, a potential reward that a special teams unit is is willing to to risk instead of just simply booming it through the end zone. And, and then I asked him about Milton standing flat footed going into pit a week a week from today. Hey man, hey, it was, I, good. I it was, it was a good question. Hey, look, it's, what, it's what people want to know. All, all I know is on the on the first throw of the game for Milton, the bomb to Jalen Hyatt. He was over there dancing like Jameis Winston in the pocket. So, must, so obviously he heard my question and was like, you know what, Ben? Blank, you, watch these feet work. That, hey, man, they had uh, – Hypo brought out those Jameis Winston drills. They brought out Smokey <laughs> and, uh, you know, put some put some peanut butter around uh, Joe Milton's, you know, waist and made – you know, told Smokey, go get him. Go get him. Go get the quarterback. And Joe had to evade Smokey. <laughs> had to move them feet. So it was like a rocky workout. Um, that was the key, Ben. You 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 made it happen. So George Cafico, um, kicking coach is what I'm getting from um, from folks. <clears throat> Listen, I ain't never seen a kicking coach at Tennessee. I haven't seen one person 
was like working with the kicker wearing a polo. Now I did see Adam West. Adam West walked on here, played special teams. Like he would always be around the special teams unit. But I don't know how much he like coached the kickers. I haven't seen a kicking coach. Do you think it's ridiculous that there isn't a a kicking coach? And I'm not talking about Tennessee specifically. This is everywhere. This is everywhere. I don't, I don't know. Man. I, I never as, thought about it until uh, until you know now. As 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 many games have that have been lost because of hashtag college kickers. I mean, it's, it's kind of surprising that there isn't a a kicking coach. I never thought about it, man, until now. So it's weird. Who's calling me? Everybody knows I do a show at this time. Somebody trying to sell some warranties. 865-255-03. Take a quick time out. Be right back after this. I'm Vince Moore, wide receiver, VFL 1991, and you're listening to the Swain Event. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. At Iris Networks, we know that business communication solutions are critical to your success. Since 1998, we've been helping businesses in East Tennessee by providing reliable and affordable high-speed fiber internet and voice solutions. That's why Iris Networks is your Tennessee communications partner. With internet speeds up to 100 gigs and work-from-anywhere solutions like mobile apps, video conferencing, and file sharing, we make sure you can stay connected to your customers and great communities we live and work in. Iris Networks, because just like you, Tennessee is our home. Guys, your health right now is more important than ever. I recommend Low T Center. That's where I get my levels checked. It all starts with the annual wellness exam where they do a comprehensive health assessment exclusively for men, making it quick and easy to take care of your health. And now they offer monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatment. Most insurance is accepted. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment and make your health a priority. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care.
Swin event. Fueled by Dead End Barbecues. Time for Around the SEC. We are live here from the Low T Center studio. Ben McKee, Jason Swain. All right, Ben, what do we have for Around the SEC today? I, I mentioned that Florida is dealing with an injury situation, which is, is not the, the best time to be dealing with an injury situation when you, you are about to welcome Alabama to the swamp. Mm. Uh, but Ventrell Miller, starting linebacker, has torn a bicep and is reportedly out indefinitely after after surgery. And uh, he is a, a key piece of that Florida Florida defense, one of the the few players on that Florida defense that actually looks like a Florida defensive player. Uh, this, this Florida defense is, is not what we have come to know and expect out of Gainesville, but uh, he, he was a, a good player. Uh, so... He will not only miss the Alabama game this weekend, but perhaps the remainder of the regular season will most definitely miss next week's game against Tennessee. So a uh, tough situation there for Florida going into the Alabama game. Uh, I want to discuss this article that The Athletic put out discussing the top five jobs in college football. And this isn't your typical basic, every off-season type of best jobs in the country article, because those are usually articles based off the opinion of that person writing about the top five jobs in in college football. This one is different because The Athletic asked 100-plus coaches, athletic directors, and staff members to send them their list of the top five coaches in America. Or the top five jobs in America, I should say. And, of course, my phone isn't linked up to to my login, so I have to pull it up online. But what do you think the five best jobs in America are off the top of your head? What what do you think the coaches claim are the best five jobs in America, Swain? Uh, Texas, Florida, uh, USC, um, Georgia. Alabama, you can throw in Notre Dame in that in that mix. Um, you know, now Dabo has turned Clemson to a a um, good great job. Um, yeah, I'm gonna probably just roll with those. Oklahoma, you are a, a smart man. <laughs> it's kind of like who do you think is gonna make the playoffs every year? The same teams you just mentioned. Uh, Alabama was the the first team that. People voted for most often uh, out of 98 total votes, 55 ranked them as the best job in America. I, I don't disagree per se, but but here's my thought. I think that, that Nick Saban and his success makes it appear that it's the top job in America. But if you take Nick Saban out of the equation – I think a place like Texas would, would be ahead of of Alabama. I don't know. I wouldn't put. The, I would. I put guess it also define depends on how you would define the the top job in America. You know, the, the, all the boost, the boosters are on the same page, Alabama. Yes. And, and when Nick Saban leaves, it'll be, it'll be the yep, same. Yep. 
And a coach will love to go into a situation knowing that the boosters are on the same page. So that's not the case at Texas right now so far. No. But, like, so. Texas, Ohio State, like, they have more resources than Alabama. Like, their money goes, goes deeper. Does it, does it matter if you're not using it right? Correct. But that, that was my thought process on, on Nick Saban being there makes it seem like it's the best job in the country. And then, like, even Texas, like, you have the state of Texas to recruit. And obviously, Nick Saban is having a ton of success in the state of Texas right everybody now. Everybody is. Yes, everybody is. But just in terms of, of your own turf, your own rec- recruiting turf, I mean, Texas is obviously a, a bigger advantage than, than the state of Alabama, although the state of Alabama puts out decent high school football players. Uh, Ohio State was, was number two. No surprise there. Georgia, number three. Uh, Texas, number four. LSU, number five. USC, number six. Clemson, number seven. Oklahoma, number eight. Notre Dame, ninth. Florida, tenth. Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes sense. Um, Tennessee was, was not voted for in the top 12, top should, 18. Shouldn't be. Got work to do to be back in that spot. I thought it was interesting. I just, I just thought that particular top five jobs in college football article just had more value because athletic directors and staff members and head coaches were voted on it. Yeah, that's, that's Danny White and uh, Dondi Plowman and Randy Boyd. You know the the board trustees. It's there. It's, it's a lot on them to make sure that you know this job is attractive. And, and Josh Heupel putting in the work as well to lay a solid foundation after foundation after foundation has either been built and demolished or failed to be built. So no reason for Tennessee to be in the top twelve at this moment. So um, former players. Boy, we got to be careful, careful about what we say on Twitter. We got to be careful. We have to be careful. Florida State, former receiver P.K. Sam. And I remember him as a player. He was a a baller. Got to be careful. You can't let one comment, one person, one moment make you say something. That basically creates a nuclear bomb. And that's what P.K. Sam did. Tuesday, he had a tweet saying that the uh, Florida State locker room is in, is in shambles. Already? He says, received a text from a great source that, the, that said the locker room is, and I quote, in shambles. Shaking my head emoji. I really hope not. Knowles. Hashtag Knowles. Hashtag football. Why would you even tweet that? Why would you even tweet that about your old school? Like, even if it's true, why would you tweet? That's your school, man. That's your football program. And you're doing nothing but hurting them. Why would you? That out. But it's the truth, though. That ain't the point. Like, if it's obvious, then, you know, if it's obvious, all right, whatever. But, like, I don't, I don't see the benefit. But here's where it got real. So once he said that, 
someone sent him a message and called him a creep for posting and called him a whack blank n-word. Ooh. You know the eyes really a U and and the and the and the N word and um, honestly I wouldn't have I would have just kept it moving and just blocked him. That's what I would have done. Um, well, but you would not tweet it in the first place. I would. Yeah, I would. So I would tweet it anyways. Oh, I just got word from a source that the locker room is in shambles. Like I wouldn't tweet that. I wouldn't tweet that. Even if I was. During the show or not during the show, I just wouldn't. I, I wouldn't tweet. I wouldn't tweet that. So here's where it hit the fan and it became nuclear. PK Sam, in an attempt to call out this person, screenshot the message that he received, and he says, "If you want to go to Florida State, you might get called in." For saying the locker room is in shambles. LOL. And he included a five-star receiver that's com- that's committed and said, make sure you choose wisely. He did this from one comment from one person and posted this screenshot. Now listen. I'm not for any, any racism. At all. I do not block people. I will meet you in a second. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. I don't block folks. Oh, you're taking up after me, huh? I, I'm rubbing off on you. I don't block folks. Well, I'm talking about the muting. But I will mute. And I haven't muted somebody. I haven't muted people in a long time. I got, I got, I'm real patient. Real patient. It takes a lot for me to even do that. But when I do remove someone from my timeline, is like I just mute them. I don't want to see it. I don't I don't care who you're voting for. I don't care. Like I don't I don't I don't care about your, your political opinions. And it's every day. It's every day. Go run for office instead of getting on here complaining every day about politics. Oh my gosh. So I just mute I just mute it. But I block folks if if you if you if you make racist comments, like there's no tolerance there. Just block the person. What PK Sam did was drop a nuclear bomb. A nuclear bomb. Why would you tweet a recruit and say this? The kid's a five-star receiver at that. But I don't care if he was a two-star. Number one, saying it is in itself is crazy after you know, one person trolling you or one person getting out of pocket. You let you can't let one person you can't let one fly cause you to say, "All right, man, I'm dude. I'm about to I'm about to set the whole fire on ha- uh, the whole house on fire trying to kill this one little fly." That's what PK Sam did, man. So, hey, Tennessee, we've had our own issues. You you got some teammates that like to like to. Express their their opinions on, on, on social media. So I, I think what you, you need mean? to. What do you mean, man? You you got some teammates that, that are not, I heard what you said not the first afraid time. to let it rip. But they're not doing this. Yeah. So what I'm saying is you need to like start a committee. No. You, you need to be the president of this committee. I don't start think I need like to. Some giant group me. 
They ain't gonna do this, man. They ain't gonna do this. I don't think so either. But, but just in case, you need to start a committee. Man, we 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 stunk for a while. We we haven't had anybody do this. When you tweeting recruits and telling them, you know, question them not to come here publicly. For this. One of these days. Boy, I hope that I hope that don't happen. What a dumpster fire for Mike Norvell at Florida State. PK Sam. Woo. Hour two coming up.